Take it away, Derek. What's your question? Why do you guys talk about comics so much? Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? 18 years. <laughs> Toothbrush is still fresh. Did they have sex? Because, I mean, she Hulk, you know. Damn it, Tony. We went an entire episode without mentioning Maggot, and then you ruined it. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? Batman's got his little fishbowl on his head, but <laughs> Superman doesn't. Cyclops was right. Except when he was wrong. Master Bruce, you are calm. I'm going to silently judge all of you. Shut up, beast. <laughs> Shut up. Like I've read it so many times, you know, it pretty much just crumbled in my hands. Come on, old chum. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read him? See, I didn't hate Hellcat until you made me read this miniseries. It was just a joke, but you made it real, Justin. No. You made it real. I, I prefer my Dazzler singing, like, Creedence Clearwater Revival songs at Australian bars. Titty discs. And... <laughs> That's what to be known as from now on. Like, I'm going to go into the Marvel Wikipedia and Whatever it is. <laughs> the worst titty discs. <laughs> get better than that. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? Hey, guys! Welcome back to another Creelarific scroll-tastic episode of Fan Holes Comics! Motherfucker, do you read them? Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm gonna be one of your hosts tonight. And joining me tonight are two, count them, two of my fellow Triskillian headquartered Fan Holes. Why don't you guys give a shout-out and let everybody know who's here tonight. Hey, it's Michael, and I'm punching chaos in the face. And this is Justin. All right. So, as a unofficial, officially unofficial tie-in to the Marvel release of the Captain Marvel film starring Carol Danvers as Captain Marvel, we wanted to get together and do a sort of, you know, officially unofficial tie-in to it and everything. And, like, I, 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 I came up with a couple ideas, but it, I, I think... I don't know. This is kind of funny. Like, I feel like just pulling back the veil and explaining, like, the train of thought. But the, the simple version is we, we ended up picking the Ultimates series that was released. I, I, I kind of refer to it as the post-Secret Wars Ultimates, you know, the Hickman 2015 Secret Wars miniseries. So this, this takes place after the events of that series. And so it's the post-Secret Wars Ultimates. It doesn't have anything to do with, like, the Ultimate Universe, in case anybody was confused about that. But basically, the the initial issue and first season, first volume of that comic, it has the publishing date of January 2016, but it was actually released in November of 2015. And the main gist of it is, it's a team book, and it has Black Panther, Captain Marvel, you know, a.k.a. Carol Danvers, and Miss America Chavez, Blue Marvel and Spectrum, you know, formerly Captain Marvel, formerly Photon, Phaseton, whatever the fuck name she goes by, but basically Monica Rambeau, and they are essentially, the, the catchphrase is, they are the ultimate team to solve the ultimate problems. And just here, I'll just read this little brief synopsis so you get an idea, but when the first issue came out, the... The little blurb is like, the ultimate super team comes together to find and fix problems beyond the limits of the infinite, from cosmic forces lurking on Earth to what waits on the outside of the Omniverse. The impossible is where they start. And what's more impossible than ending the threat of Galactus, the devourer of worlds forever. 
So that that's kind of the gist of at least the first arc, you know, the the first, you know, six issues or so written for the trade of the the Ultimate series. And I guess pulling behind the veil, I mean, you know, I, I kind of contemplated putting together like a, I don't know, a faux historical kind of, you know, issue by issue, you know, like just do like a series of three issues where we look at, you know, maybe like Carol Danvers through the ages. And like, it was kind of a facsimile, like it was kind of a facade because like, I, I don't know, like, like maybe we can talk about this for a minute before we get into the Ultimates, but since this is about, you know, sort of the unofficial official tie-in to Carol Danvers' Captain Marvel, like, for me, it's like, w w part of the problem was, I think, I think me and Justin at least said, and I'm pretty sure Mike said this too, but, like, I think we all liked the Brian Reed Miss Marvel series that featured Carol Danvers, but it was just a really long run, and we didn't know which issues to isolate and so that kind of took that out of the running right away and then i sort of tried to come up with like historical things where we could look at it like an issue of marvel team up with this costume and you know look at like a modern error issue and look at like sort of a you know sort of like a classic like 70s issue or something like that but i think the problem with that is and this is just speaking from me personally, so this may be different with some of the other fan holes, but, like, for me, those were kind of... It wasn't anything I really grew up reading. Like, for me, I, I, I kind of feel like when I grew up reading comics, like, it's kind of like how I feel about the Jessica Drew Spider-Woman. Like, it was sort of... Miss Marvel, a.k.a. Carol Danvers, was, like, long after my time reading comics so i think the first time i was probably see this is probably horrible right because it's supposed to be she's the the shining pillar of example for you know positive powerful femininity in in the marvel cinematic universe but i feel like the first time i was introduced to her it, it was always in context of she was the chick who rogue got her powers from like that's how i feel like i was introduced to carol danvers like she she was kind of like this has been who got her power stolen from her by rogue and like i remember the avengers annual and then how like it was like that you know p people go on and on about you know like you know kyle rayner's girlfriend getting refrigerated but i mean like this was one of those stories that like, I think people got into where, you know, they, they like, in hindsight, everybody was, like, super upset. Because it was, like, I'm trying to remember the guy's name, but what wasn't it, like, it, it was that weird thing where, like, Carol Danvers, like, got abducted and taken away by this, like, hot, naked, cosmic dude. And it turned out to be, like, she gave birth to him or what? I don't know. It was all really yeah, it, weird. Marcus. Right? Yeah, Marcus, right? Okay. Yeah. So so it's like, and, and like people have talked about that ad nauseum, like, oh, like, what were they thinking, like, when they wrote that? But, you know, they did write it. And like, that, that that's what I think of. I think of like Avengers Annual 10. And then I think of like that Jim Lee issue. Uh, I think it's like X-Men, Uncanny X-Men, like two... 269 you know it was like kind of like one of the last like siege perilous issues where like rogue was finally like you know getting out of the australian outback but there was like this kind of decayed zombie crusty coming out of the grave version of carol danvers that was like fighting with rogue being like you stole my powers you bitch die you know and like the, the, that was 
to me, like that was my introduction to Carol Danvers. So like, I, I guess one of the reasons why that sort of looking at Miss Marvel through the, the ages and the era notion got scrapped before we kind of planned this show was to, to me, at least I, I, I saw, uh, you know, your guys's point, like it's kind of a little disingenuous, like it's kind of a facsimile, right? Like we'd all be mostly reading those issues probably either for the first time or, or didn't have any, I don't know, like nostalgic ties or childhood ties or anything like that. So we'd definitely be coming at it with, you know, the eyes of us today, as opposed to, you know, maybe having some, some memories about it, but like, I don't know, like, am I, I'm, I'm sure it's different for each of us, but like, do you want to go into like, kind of how you first encountered Carol Danvers or, you know, Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel? Yeah. Like mine's pretty similar to yours. I think like the first time I ever heard of her was that like X-Men, the animated series episode where they adapted the rogue stealing her powers, like thing. And, like, I didn't read the actual issue until years later. And, like, I most, I feel like, yeah, like, I was introduced to Ms. Marvel as, like, she was, like, a victim, basically. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, what, what about you, Justin? I was going to say, I guess my reading history is a little different because I think I actually did read some of her 70s run comics because my uncle had some of those and I read them. And then... I think I did, you know, kind of like you, Derek. I think I jumped forward to that Siege Perilous issue, and I read that, and I was like, oh, this is the same character, but it was kind of confusing. Plus, I was really young when I read that. And then I feel like from there, like, I, I feel like I knew the character best as binary. Because, mm. like, whenever she was showing up, like, she was binary. And I'm like, oh, this is that same character, like, the 70s chick and, you know, the chick that rogue stole her powers, and that's why she's binary now. I was like, oh, okay. And then... You know, she shows up in um, B6 Avengers, and I think that's where I kind of like really – I was like, oh, I like this character, and I thought B6 did some some interesting things with her in that run, and I guess also in his Iron Man run when he was also writing that title. I, I was just going to agree with Justin. Like I think that's pretty much where I got to know her was in like Busick's Avengers run. Yeah, I think I think that's probably the run that – probably did a lot of damage control on all that like that you know because because what i remember most distinctly about that run was you know her and tony stark both commiserating about being recovering alcoholics and how they weren't going to do that anymore and then also i guess you know if if the if the binary identity was some way of chris claremont keeping that character alive i kind of felt like the the busick Perez Avengers run sort of returned her back to her roots, I guess, or, you know, made her more of a, a positive classic version of the character. And, and, and then, like I said, for myself, I mean, I, I do really like that Brian Reed, Miss Marvel book. Like I remember reading it, enjoying it and thought it was a really fun book and everything, but just that I, I couldn't begin to, you know, it, it, that, that's one of those books. It's, it's, it's a modern era comic book. Like sometimes I'm hard pressed. Like I think, you know, cause you, you talk about how a lot of comics from say the eighties or the seventies or, you know, even, even some things from the nineties, I'm sure you could find things where they're simple done in one stories. But I, I, I just think that that book is kind of of its time and that all those were written for the trade. And, you know, I, I basically like 
it's one of those things where when I would write top ten lists of my favorite comics, sometimes, like, my my kind of easy out answer is like, oh, just read this entire series. It's really good. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> I can't, I can't, I don't know. Like, sometimes with those those modern books, it's hard to isolate. Like, oh, this is the, this is the issue. You know, like, sometimes I can do it and sometimes I can't. And in, in, in the case of that series, I just, I couldn't do it. So I guess that's kind of a, you know, kind of an icebreaker, but a long-winded way of, of kind of explaining, like, why we're not actually looking at any Captain Marvel series proper or you know, Miss Marvel or, or anything like that. The, the, and, and the thought was, this is a tie-in to the Captain Marvel film, but we wanted to look at something that we, you know, or at least in my case, I know I've, I've read this series of Ultimates before. I pretty much enjoyed it. And so I, I would have rather covered something that I had some genuine enthusiasm for, but also featured kind of the modern take on carol danvers as a you know a colonel and as captain marvel as opposed to miss marvel and i i kind of think i mean i don't know i i don't know if i said this on air before or whatever but like i kind of think if if they don't get their heads out of their asses for the cinematic thing and and do like a masters of evil or you know i don't know some people are like oh they should do secret wars or you know whatever whatever people think is next on the docket for for the cinematic universe to achieve like i kind of think if you're going to do it on a smaller scale like you might want to go ahead and try maybe to do this like because you've got the captain marvel movie uh, coming out and the black panther movie was really successful i'm sure you could lay the groundwork for monica rambeau in that captain marvel movie and then i guess they need to find some way to introduce like miss america chavez and the blue marvel but you could definitely build that into you know some other franchises and then turn it into a team movie and and kind of you know do another cycle of what was done with the Avengers, and I, I think that might be uh, an entertaining series of films, but, you know, what do I know? But, anyway, so so I guess, I, you know, and again, this is not going to be like a blow-by-blow synopsis or anything like that, but we, we are kind of going to go into, you know, kind of our thoughts, and, and this was a uh, a series that, that ran for about a year, so it's about 12 issues worth, and... Again, these are kind of written for the trade, so, you know, it's kind of, uh, you know, you're, you're hard-pressed to sort of isolate a single issue out, per se, but I'm, I'm sure we're, we're going to have opinions and takes on some of the moments in the series and everything. But, you know, the, the main notion is that they're going to, you know, they're, they're a proactive force. Like, I kind of thought, I mean, you can, you guys can chime in on this, too, but, like, I kind of got the vibe a little bit, like, they were, they were, obviously, they used the name The Ultimates, and so they're kind of plucking a little bit from, you know, the Ultimate Universe, you know, where it was, like, Mark Millar and Brian Hitch's Ultimates, like, there, there was kind of those aspects to it, you know, you had the Triskelion and different things like that going on, but I also kind of, like, this kind of reminded me a little bit of Warren Ellis's authority, like, not so much that they're sort of, you know, I, I, I don't know any gentle way to say this, but not, not so much that they're kind of like this fascist, you know, superhero group that's like, we're, we're, we're right and everybody else is wrong. So we're gonna, we're gonna fix everything. But 
it, it does seem like they are certainly proactive in this case, or at least that seemed to be the original mission statement of this team. Like we're, we're going to go out and solve problems before they happen. Like we're going to, we're going to help fix Galactus before he comes to earth and tries to eat it, you know, like those kind of concepts. And, and I think just because Galactus is such a cool Marvel cosmic level character, like I feel like there's a great deal of, acceptance in me for this title and and it's kind of weird because you'd think normally like if, if somebody's an old school fan i mean i guess we can talk about this now because I'm, I'm just gonna go into it but like the you know their their solution to the galactus problem is they actually end up changing him from the devourer of worlds into the life bringer and so he goes from this kind of purple palette to to a gold palette and instead of devouring planets he actually can restore life to dead worlds so it, it kind of turns the whole axiom on its head and and i kind of thought that was cool in a sense that like i i don't know we, we probably haven't gone into the creators too much but the the writer of this is al ewing and then one of the pencilers that, that i really enjoy and the main reason why i checked out the book in the first place is kenneth roqueford and I guess one thing I noticed about the series is I kind of feel like Al Ewing, like I was looking at his body of work and like he's the same guy who did the Mighty Avengers series where it was kind of like headed up by Luke Cage and Monica Rambeau was in it and you had like the other younger Power Man and you had White Tiger and, you know, I think the, the Superior Spider-Man was a part of that team. But like... I think there was a lot of blowback on that book just because of the character's selection and how it was arranged. And, like, some people dug it, and I don't know. Like, I, I don't know that I, I... I probably read a few issues of it because of the Superior Spider-Man, but I, I don't know that it did any wonders with me. But this book, I think, probably had that same, I don't know, edict or mandate or what have you. You know, they wanted to get a diverse selective group of characters together and put them on a super team but i think like i felt like galactus espoused that philosophy in a much cleaner science fiction way that would have been more effective to a mass public readership than trying to do it with something where it's like you know for lack of a better term like super obvious where it's like oh i'm gonna have you know, diverse character X espouse this philosophy, whereas Galactus does it. And like, I don't know, I thought it was interesting that he's the one who talks about, I mean, he's literally saying, I'm being quote unquote progressive. You know, like I'm, I'm instead of devouring worlds, they, they've now fixed me and I'm bringing life to worlds and you're not going to make me regress to my former state. You know, and that's why he's fighting with like order and chaos. And it's almost like order and chaos are like, the old world guard, you know, trying to, you know, they're, they're quote unquote, the man trying to hold Lifebringer Galactus down. And like, I don't know, for me, from that context, like just from a science fiction context, I can at least appreciate that as you're, you're, you're writing a parable, but I don't feel like I'm being preached to like in any sense. Like I, I kind of, in, you know, enjoyed that parable done in that style as opposed to, I don't know trying to tell, you know, somebody that there's a, I don't know, uh, for lack of a better term, I, I'm thinking of like, you know, stuff that, that I read that rubbed me the wrong way, where it's like, you know, Reginald Hudlin wrote about, you know, New Orleans, you know, 
vampires that, you know, were really, really bad, and they, they wanted to drill for oil, and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff, where you're like, all right, all right, I get it, you know, but anyway, sorry, but um, I'm just trying to open it up to you guys and see uh, see what's what kind of initial thoughts, or if you, if you have anything to uh, respond to all that stuff I dropped in the last couple of minutes. So I've never read Authority, but in my mind, I kind of thought of this as a Fantastic Four comic. Because this is during the period where the Fantastic Four were gone. So this kind of, for me, this kind of filled that void because you're dealing with kind of, you know, big, huge, you know, galactic ideas. You're dealing with giant cosmic threats like, you know, every other issue. So I kind of was like, oh, this is going to be like a kind of a Fantastic Four book. So I'm going to check this out. And I think that's one of the you know, the reasons I enjoyed it is because of its big ideas and because of what they did to Galactus, because I really like that idea. I mean, Galactus is a huge threat, but after about the seventh time of him showing up at Earth and wanting to eat it and getting turned away, you're just like, well, okay, well, like, is this guy, you know, oh, it's Galactus. Well, we've already shooed him away like seven times, so what's the big deal? But I thought they really brought something new to the table for the character, like, I mean, the color change alone, I was like, oh, that's really interesting. But to turn him into, like, the life bringer, yeah. and he's bringing all these planets back, back to life and kind of giving back to the galaxy, you know, what he previously took, I was like, I really like that. Like, that's a really neat idea. And I also like the – there's a few flashback moments where you get, you get to see him as Galen in that previous universe. And I was always really fascinated by – that aspect of Galactus, like I remember reading the origin when I was real little, and was like, "Whoa!" So he's like, he's a science dude from a previous universe, and he survived, and there was all this Kirby stuff going on, and like that's what made him Galactus. I was like, that's really interesting. I was like, I want to know more about that. So anytime a book like gave you a little sneak peek into like the ancient history of Galactus or, you know, AKA Galen from the previous universe. I was, I was, you, you had my attention. So like those little snippets, I was like, Oh, that's really cool. And just the fact that they were adding something new to a character that had been, you know, established, you know, in the sixties, I was like, Oh, there's, you can still do new and interesting things with, you know, maybe, old and tired characters who have been, you know, shoot away for the seventh time of wanting to eat Earth or whatever. I thought the character lineup was really interesting because I liked Monica Rambeau. I liked Black Panther. I liked Carol. I had read the Blue Marvel miniseries, so I was familiar with him. And I had read some, like, Young Avengers comics, I think, with Miss America Chavez, but I wasn't crazy about the character. So I was like, okay, you've got a mostly solid team here, and you've got my attention, so I'm going to give this book a try. And I, I mean, just for me, like I really enjoyed these 12 issues. I think there are a few quibbles I have, especially when you get into like really awful crossover events leaking into it. I think that kind of <laughs> derailed it. And the only other thing I could say is like, when the art isn't Rocafort, like I really don't like it. Like I don't like any of these guest artists. Like they're just they, ju they have a totally different style. It's really cartoony. It looks really lazy and sloppy in places. Like, sometimes, like, character faces just look distorted. It's like, you might have Carol t in profile, but her face is, like, kind of twisted or something. I'm just like, what's wrong with your face? I'm just like, how, how did that get 
published. Like, we're like, I'm like, where's your A guy? You need to bring in your A team instead of like this, like whoever else is doing that. But you know, you know, just as a side note, you know what's weird with that is like, okay, there there was the one issue issue six where it was like a fill-in artist the guy's name was christian ward and obviously his mm-hmm. style is way different from kenneth rocafort but in 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 his defense at least i was kind of like oh well he did that entire issue and i actually thought that that issue was a pretty good issue so like i'm, I'm willing to cut that a little slack but i i understand what you're saying the the other artist was i i'm you know, I may butcher the name, but I think it's Jabril Morissette. And so what was interesting about that was I thought at first, and I, I've made comments like this before, but if you take two artists with drastically different styles, I've always appreciated the technique of having, like, if... if if there's a, a story set in the past and you're going from the past to the present, like a technique that I think works well is, okay, Jabril Morissette's style is way different from Roquefort's, but Roquefort is the present and Morissette is the past, right? Like that could work. And it's like in one of the issues, they started out that way, sort of, but then it was like, it was all messed up because then you cut to the present, but Morissette still did a page in the present and then Roquefort did some stuff. And then in the present, he also went in and did a few pages in the fight. So like you start out this fight where, you know, I don't know, Thanos comes in and murders all these Shi'ar and all this other stuff. And it's all this kind of, you know, high octane Roquefort art. And then all of a sudden America Chavez like punches Thanos in the face and it's with this, you know, Morissette art that you're saying is a little sloppy and maybe cartoony. So it totally, uh, you know, it, it, it kind of breaks up the momentum of the fight and, and kind of, you know, I don't know, kind of, it's like, it's like the breaks come to a screeching halt or whatever. So it's like, if they had tried to, I don't know, somehow work that out artistically to their advantage, I might've been on board for it, but I think, Ultimately, it just came down to, oh, Roquefort did pages, you know, 1, 3, 7, 11 through 22, and, you know, uh, Morissette did 2, 4, 6, and, you know, uh, I don't know, 23, you know, and it's just like, oh, well, that, I don't know, that that's never really worked for me in any context, and, and it's probably, to me, the only thing I'd say in, in defense of everybody involved is, like, uh, unfortunately, I, I mean, other than maybe, say, like, editors and, 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 and you know, I don't know, artistic direction. You know what I mean? Like, like that, that's not the fault of the artist necessarily, you know, per se. Right. Like, so, but, but I, I, I get what you're saying. Like that, I, like you, I probably would have preferred it if they had just waited for him to draw the whole thing or something. Yeah. I was going to say like that you could, the, the art styles, I think, Later on, like especially in the, like the Civil War two tie-in issues, were really like jarring between pages yeah. at some points. Like this was a book that I really had no interest in reading, and like I, I don't have a huge problem with any of the characters, but the, none of them. There are no characters on this team that I'd like just buy the book for. Basically, like none of those characters are my favorite characters. Like I think at that point, like the only 
place I had heard of America Chavez is like either in that like Young Avengers book or that like terrible book where she debuted. Like oh, yeah, I forgot yeah. what it was called. Yeah, but it was the, like all those new young heroes. That, that, that was the one ever. where the one guy like pwned Magneto in the beginning. Yeah, and, and everything made, like, like that. Magneto. See, you know, that, just to go off on a tangent real quick, like like I because I remember when I did all the research because I was doing the Battle Fever J video. Like that's when I read a lot of Miss America Chavez appearances and stuff. And it's like when she was in that series, that mini series. Like, and I, I say this in the video, it's like she, she was this fiery, foul-mouthed Latina sex bomb. Like, I mean, that's, like, she was literally, like, you know, some kind of race car girl from the Fast and the Furious, and she had the body type of, like, power girl from, like, the Justice League Europe, you know, Bwahaha era. And, and it's like, I don't know how to explain it, but, like, you know how I feel about cosplay. I mean, in general, like like where I get annoyed with certain things or people violating my personal space or... I don't know. There, there's a myriad of things where there are things that are really good about it and there's things about it that, you know, I, I feel like can ostracize people or, you know, you know, the whole kind of high school clicky thing about it or whatever it is, right? And so... There was a moment where I saw a girl dressed up as Miss America Chavez as her costume looks in this and the Young Avengers title. And I realized at that point, like, I don't know, for me, there there was a point where it's like, if they had kept her as this kind of, I don't know, for lack of a better term, this kind of like, you know, super slut that she was in that other miniseries where she just had like a, I don't know, like a, a t-shirt that was like tied up as a bra and, and, you know, I, I don't know, whatever the hell else she was wearing, right? Like by the end of it, she would like beat up all these aliens and be covered in goop or something by the end of it. And, you know, that's kind of how that character originally started. Like, I don't think any young woman should or would feel comfortable cosplaying as that character. But when they gave her that kind of cool little, you know, red, white, and blue jacket and the hoodie and all that other stuff, I was like, oh, like, I don't know, it kind of clicked for me where I was like, oh, that's a really good costume. And and it looks like something that the person wearing it felt absolutely comfortable in, but also that they got a kick out of dressing up as. So I sort of understood it to be in that context. And I've, I've always liked that outfit for her so like I, I guess to put it in like you know my dork terms if they were gonna make a marvel legend of miss america chavez i would prefer that they use this version of her and i think she is my preferred version of the character if that makes any sense yeah and like like as for the rest of the team like like blue marvel like i had just barely like heard of him and like like, I feel like he's a character that just barely escaped being, like, ruined by Bendis. Like, like he, he he's kind of one of those, like, new, like, like early aughts characters that, like, if Bendis, like, had read that miniseries, he'd be like, oh, I'm going to use him. And then, like, ruin him somehow. <laughs> like, like, like the Sentry or the Hood or right, like, right, right. all the... Like, all those, like, new characters that came out in the early aughts. Like, I, I think the Blue Marvel 
series was like in what 2007 or 2008 yeah 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 i feel like because i i remember reading it like justin too so it probably was around 2007 or something like that yeah but like i think i like saw that series and i was like that doesn't look like something i'd enjoy reading and then i like put it aside and then like he just kind of popped up like recently like in the last like five years or so again and i was like oh yeah i kind of remember him and, like, this was the first time I kind of really read anything with him in it, like, substantially. But, I, I yeah, I was just kind of, like, laughing because I was like, man, like, if you were created, like, four or five years earlier, like, you might have been, like, a new Avenger and Bendis probably would have, like, ruined you or whatever. But, like, <laughs> I, I think, like, he was, I, I liked him, though, like, in this series. Like, he's a cool character. Yeah. And, uh, like, as for the rest, like you know black panther's black panther i mean he's okay he's not like one of my favorite characters but you know whenever he shows up he's usually you know interesting to read about my favorite is when uh when galactus calls him little king like (laughs) (laughs) little king I, i like that little king yeah and then you know i think this was a really interesting take on galactus and you know obviously like i think i when you first read this derek i think i remember you saying man i really want like a marvel legends like repaint like life bringer galactus or whatever yeah Yeah, it's you know like he's one of those characters and i say the word character like you know in quotation marks because he's kind of like unicron where he's just like a force of nature or an ultimate threat that everyone has to be and you don't often see him in the context of being a character with like you know more complex motivations than just like destroy everything or you know whatever so like i thought that was i, I liked that issue that focused kind of on him where he fought like master chaos and lord order or lord chaos and master order i forgot what their how their names go but and uh you know he he found eternity like all chained up and stuff and like he was kind of like and then he goes and talks with the molecule man like yeah I, that was like that I, was like because that that was that issue and like i i did enjoy like th- there was that i don't know it's that interesting thing where you're like y- you have a predefined notion of galactus like that galactus is you know i mean to, to most comic fans it's like he's one of those end-all be-all guys he's a cosmic deity he's a huge deal so it's it's really off-putting to see and and it kind of puts you in the frame of mind of just how powerful the molecule man actually is in the current context you know where he has that moment where he's kind of like sit down he's like no i just i just want to and he's like sit down and he's like okay i'll sit down now you know and you're like dude galactus just got told to sit down and he did you know like that's you know one of those things where it's like i don't know why like i I have this stupid image of like it's like uh i don't know to me it's like uh you know freaking i don't know woody allen like trying to like you know tell you know i don't know sliced alone to sit down or you know what i mean like it's just like one of these things where you're like dude like what 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 does he have over you like what what what, why does this you know but you're like you get it he's he's the molecule man but yeah I, I, i thought that was a super awesome sequence I kept thinking maybe the Molecule Man was like, offer him a hamburger, you know, like when Miles <laughs> gave him a hamburger, because I was like, you know, Galactus, he's always hungry, like, 
you know, Miles gave him a hamburger, and you know, Miles Killer Man is gonna pay it forward. He's gonna give Black just a hamburger. <laughs> that didn't happen, and I think they missed a golden moment there. It's yeah. like this hamburger will like satisfy your hunger forever. <laughs> it's to me, it's it's crazy that like I and see, I don't know how to quantify this, but I I think we we're all kind of in agreement that the 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 character growth they gave Galactus, you know, with the the devourer to life bringer the 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 costume tweak change like the the modus operandi just any of those things and even seeing more of his backstory as galen like i think we all kind of agree that that's really great and what's hard for me to quantify is why is this different from say like l- l- let me use something that's like super controversial and i that i'm pretty sure like everybody at large hates like wh- why does hydra cap suck so much but this you know what i mean like th- this th- like to the yeah, layman to, yeah. to the layman you know it's like it's like when you have to explain about bat cow and Lori lamaris to the non-comic <laughs> reader right it's like how do you explain like to to the non-comic layman they're like what's the difference you made this one purple guy gold so that should suck just like when you made cap hydra cap that should that also sucks like why why don't they both suck like you made a change the change usually results in suckage cuz it took it away from the classic version but to me this i mean and and part of it's maybe nostalgia on my part but like the era that i remember the changes being like the greatest thing ever was like you know the 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 promotional image where you saw like the Joe Fixit Gray Hulk and the Silver Centurion Iron Man and the the alien you know black costume Spider Man and the the Captain version of Captain America in that kind of U.S. agent outfit and everything, and so for me like all those are golden costume changes tweaks, but to me I can at least say well look I've got a certain amount of nostalgia and and kind of uh bias you know towards those and and i would go as far to say i am you know you guys are agreeing with me but i go as far to say i am biased towards Lifebringer galactus you know like i'm 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 kind of butthurt that they undid that in infinity what was it infinity whatever the fuck i don't know i don't even remember anymore (laughs) But, you know, the, the latest Infinity thing, like, they, they basically, the, the, the Dugan thing, they, they, tur- they turned that all around and, and threw it out the window. And I was like, oh, man, like, because to me, it's like, it's like, to me, that's like, you know, oh, you know, like, you know, somebody had some really great character growth and then they just pissed it all down the drain type thing. But I guess getting back to the question, and I don't know if you'll know the answer to this or not, but like, why do you guys think this works over something like say hydra cap or something i think it's because you're taking something you're taking something that was negative about an old character and that we kind of maybe regarded as old hat and you completely twisted it on its head and now it's a positive thing and you're in it's really new and exciting in a good way captain america I mean, they're they're completely different characters. I mean, little kids don't run around dressed up as Galactus and saying they're going to eat your planet. But like for Captain America, you're taking a really positive character that like as, you know people aspire to want to be like Cap. Like they want to they want to be as 
good as he is and a lot of people joined the military, you know, because they were Captain America comics. But, like, you're taking something positive and you're sticking a knife in it and you're twisting it on the readers, especially if you, like us probably, like if we've read Cap for 30 years. I mean, there are probably stories that we don't care for. Or maybe there's some stuff that's, you know, not that great, but we still like the character. And to kind of, I don't know, I see the whole Hydra Cap thing as being really cynical and kind of like spitting in your face it's like oh you like this thing like well that's really lame like it's lame to love your country and i'm going to spit in your face if you like that and you're just what well, you're like wait what like why why would you do that like why you know why can't you just like let me like this thing it's a positive thing and i don't it's, know it's just this whole like deconstructing of a character that's like you don't need to deconstruct cap especially in such a destructive way that's completely goes against everything inherent of the character it's 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 almost not exactly but it's almost on the same wavelength as like making megatron an autobot like Mm. like like almost not quite but like you just want to see like like you they've been a like adversary or antagonist for so goddamn long that you you know you just kind of want to see well what if suddenly like like you know galactus has shown sparks of nobility before in the past i mean he's you know he 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 called reed richards his friend you know Hmm. you see you've seen him pal around with them but they you know sometimes you're like what if they did that for like a prolonged amount of time and like you know kind of made him like a a, you know a cool dude to hang out with basically like for a while like i guess it's kind of the same reasoning of you know it's it's kind of why i love magneto it's like you've took someone kind of like mike saying who's an adversary they've been an adversary for so long and you're like well what if magneto like was their buddy and everything was cool and you're just like that's really interesting i want to read more about that insofar as like the cap thing too it's like over for, for over 50 years you've never seen any kind of hints that cap could suddenly become an agent of hydra like maybe you've seen hints that like Galactus could be like a noble like good mm. dude mm. like here and there, but I don't think you've ever seen a part where you know something that would say say whoa wouldn't it be cool if all of a sudden Captain America was a freaking Nazi like man that would so, be awesome like, yeah so I I think the answer we're coming to is is that with Galactus Al Ewing had elements in the character's history already that he could build off of and it didn't seem like it came completely out of left field whereas like some of those changes for changes sake to do something that's shocking with no basis you know basically they they didn't have any putty to mold you know they just decided all right this is just going to be this different new thing and it's going to shock and amaze you, you know, and get new readers, supposedly, or get media attention or whatever. But that's not the same thing as having something to to build off of. And... I'm going to say something that might take us, will probably take us on a different tact now. But uh, as far as, like, I, like I was talking about the cast, and, uh, like, I might as well get to, like, the person who, uh, like, is the main inspiration for this whole episode, like Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel... Or I, I'm going to say something that, like, I don't know, maybe maybe is controversial or maybe is, I don't know, maybe I'm not well read enough or whatever. But, 
like ever since she became Captain Marvel and like got her new costume and and whatever, like I just haven't found her as interesting or as likable or like I haven't wanted to read about her that much. Like, you know, since that happened, I guess like and, and like I felt like she had to go through the same she's going through or she currently is going through the same thing like Tony's through when the first civil war like like came around where all of a sudden like you know they're kind of a jerk for a while just by virtue of like their characteriz- characterization and the role the writers want them to play in the story and you're just kind of like aren't you trying to push this character well like do you think that they have a good point because they don't like you know it, it, if you if they have a good point it's being obscured by you making them look like a jerk so like i, I don't know like you're you're skirting around the edge of something I wanted to get into because I was I was gonna be like oh since we're talking about Hydra Cap let's talk about more things that are shit speaking <laughs> of like Civil War two <laughs> like Civil War two is one of the worst things I think I've ever read <laughs> but it does so much damage to the character of Carol Danvers and and you see. My main problem with it in this comic, like it spills into it, like it it has to spill into it because of her, like the whole her the whole thing of arresting that woman with the briefcase because some inhuman saw a vision. Okay, that's the road they go down, and so they arrest this lady. They open her briefcase. There's nothing in it, and they like they scan her. They scan the briefcase. There's nothing there, and so you've got like the Blue Marvel who's saying like, you know, you're. You're arresting her for basically no reason because some guy like saw something in his brain. Like you're, there's no due process or anything. You're just basically holding her. And Carol is so arrogant and condescending. Like she just can't – she can't accept the fact that she's wrong about this. And they're still dealing with the fallout from this. Like it's still being brought up in the current Jason Aaron Avengers run. Like – Tony Stark is on that team, and he has, like, this little back and forth with Carol about it, and I thought they were going to, like, start hitting each other again, but they didn't. But, like, this Civil War II did so much damage to her, and then, like, I mean, I mean, just that alone, just, you know, arresting someone based on a mind vision is insane, but then, like, okay, at the time, she was seeing Rhodey, and he dies fighting Thanos, and it's like... I mean, I was reading her books at the time, and she – they don't really acknowledge it a lot. You think there would be, like, some kind of massive issue where she, like, has, a, you know, sweet thoughts of when they went on a date or something, and she's all sad, but not really. And then it's like he comes back to life at the end of Bendis's Iron Man, and I don't even think she, like, has even seen him since she came back. And I'm like, oh, that has such a great love story that – she couldn't even be bothered to go see him when he came back to life. But I mean, that was like the one good idea I felt they've had for her in the last like five years is like, oh, yeah, of course, like her and Rhodey would like get yeah. along because they both they're have both the like military background. And yeah. And they're both yeah. kind of like second bananas almost. <laughs> like, you know, and like and that's the not nice way to say it. But, you know, but. You know, like, of course they would get along, but uh, yeah, I'm sad they just kind of, like, got rid of that. I, think... I kind of feel like, oh, I was going to say, I kind of feel like this comic, The Ultimates, it's it's a really nice house that you've just bought, and you're really into it, and you're starting to put your furniture in, and then Civil War Two is like, 
an old buddy from high school you haven't seen in a while, and he comes in and he's like, boy, this is a nice house you've got here. And he lets rip a really loud, stinky butt fart, and then he leaves. And you're just like, oh, man, like, you you totally ruined my new house. Now it smells awful. And, like, the stink lingers in the house. And the stink of Civil War II lingers throughout, the, like, the rest of these issues, man. I, 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 feel like, I feel like that's, like, the epically strong butt fart that, like, disintegrates the furniture in the house or something. Because like, it's like, it's like, it's like... I, I don't know how to explain it, but, like, that friend is, like, Brian Michael Bendis, and he comes in yeah. and writes these, like, <laughs> fucked up briefcase scenes, and then Al Ewing is, like, stuck with that shit, and he can't, like, he's like, oh, now I, now I have to have this, like, butt fart that disintegrates all this cool furniture <laughs> it's, that I just built for Ikea, and it's like, it just kind of fucking evaporates and shit. It's, it's like all the characters in this book are, like, like, Blue Marvel, like, Spectrum, like, Black Panther, they're all, like, trying desperately not to smell the fart, and they're, they're all like, you know, should we, like, it, everything's okay, right? Like, you guys can't smell the fart. <laughs> and then, all, and then of, finally, all of a sudden, like, Miss America Chavez is like, this yeah, fucking she's, fart! And she hits <laughs> Carol with the <laughs> fucking yeah. chair. She pulls out a giant can of, like, Glade or whatever. She's like, we gotta get rid of this fart. <laughs> she's like, I can't, I can't fucking stand this fart. And she hits Carol with the fucking chair. Oh, that's so good. Man, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll probably, you know, uh, forget about this in a couple weeks and, and, and regret bringing it up. But the um, the Blue Marvel Monica Rambeau relationship really stood out for me this time. I mean, I know they don't get into it super duper deep or whatever, but I thought that was kind of a interesting thing like that. And, and, and what's funny about it is like, again, that kind of speaks to your idea, Justin, about how there was like this kind of irreparable damage to Carol Danvers. Cause she seems like this cool, cool boss or cool team leader or whatever, even though she's not the leader and they are, they're all the leader or whatever they're trying to push. But she kind of floats down and is like, Hey, is this about you and Monica? You know, cause, cause I think that's great. And he's kind of like, Oh no, we were actually going to talk about the stinky butt fart from civil war two. And it's like, Oh, okay. Well, let's talk about that instead. You know, like, but, but I, I did enjoy that. They, they kind of had a, uh, you know, a bosoming relationship and everything. And I, I thought that was kind of neat. Um, and then, and then, I, mean, meanwhile, meanwhile, you've got like Thanos running around who has like a face mask, so he can't like smell the butt fart, and he's like, <laughs> "Oh, all these people are smelling this fart." Meanwhile, I'm free to do whatever I want. Like, it's like, what well, you know? What's weird about that is, like, I I thought I thought Al Ewing wrote a pretty good Thanos, but it's like, it, it, it's funny because it's like it seemed like he was doing all this badass Thanos stuff only to get to the room or the house with the butt fart and then smell it and you're just like wait that wait because because that's what you know that's what bendis wrote was thanos walking into the room and sniffing the butt fart and you're just like well that's kind of a you know not not an anticlimactic thing but it's like it's like everything that they had him do leading up to that was pretty cool but uh, you, you're just kind of like oh ultimately what it's going to lead to is that initial odd essentially awful sequence in civil war two issue number one where thanos is just shooting up the room with guns and and kills roadie or whatever and you're just like well that was terrible but it's like i guess he's you know 
he's in he's boxed in this corner like i i guess that's the peril of this whole i mean th- this is the shining example of you had this really cool concept book and and the first six issues are pretty to me there i i thought the art was well done like you know the the, the concepts were you know at least if if not entirely novel like they put a new spin on a lot of things in the marvel universe right and 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 a fresh take on things and so so that was something that was engrossing for me and then and then i'm not saying the latter half of it is bad cuz it's not but like what you guys are saying it's like it, it's essentially the last six issues of this year-long worth run of comics, they're all Civil War II tie-ins. And they all have that, you know, the tie-in banner is this, you know, stinky butt fart stench we're talking about that's, like, slapped on all the covers after that. And, and like, even though there's cool stuff where they they, they find the Affininaut and, 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 and help solve his problem, and it's another, to me, it's, it's another... I know Justin was saying Fantastic Four level problem, you know, like cosmic problem. But I mean, I I sort of saw it as proactively being this, you know, kind of authority level problem where they're going through the cosmic bleed and doing all these, you know, know, turning, you know, bullets into daisies or, you know, whatever, you know, they they, they do in that comic, you know, and and you're just kind of like, oh, great, you know, like, you know, or we used to have all these fights on the the message boards where the shaman was the the team magician for the authority, and I remember my buddy was like, oh, well, you know, people like, dude, Goku would just do a Kamehameha, and my buddy's like, yeah, and then the shaman would just turn it into sunshine and (laughs) punch him in the face or what, yeah, anyway, but it's just stupid shit like that. And you're like, I I don't know, like the 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 latter half of it. Again, there's the stylistic changes in the art I think that hurt it, and then, I guess what might be worth going into is since the Blue Marvel is essentially probably yet another Superman analog, and then to a further degree, uh, Superman I'd say icon from milestone analog like he's, he's he's somewhat like that to me he's marvel's version of of icon slash superman essentially with with a, a a lot more of the kind of silver age scientific superman you know kind of like oh he he can hang with reed richards and like you know joke about equations and stuff like that so like it, it makes you think about his opposite you know anti-man you know it's like oh well you get that classic superboy vibe of you know oh anti-man and him were friends like they had that kind of lex Luthor, you know superman vibe to their relationship because they started as friends and then they were bitter enemies at everything and then it's kind of like it's almost like what happened with with Lex Luthor post rebirth where he was like a heroic character but then imagine he becomes a herald of galactus you know and it's like he has a really i don't know i i, I kind of like the arc for that character as well you know like and that goes on into i think the second season but you you see some of it here and like in between all the stinky butt farts you do get back to him as a character and you know thanos does some some master manipulation like thanos would do you know, and and uses that character to his own advantage, but I I, I did kind of you know enjoy the I guess you know sort of 
nemesis relationship between those two characters and there's there's some interesting discussion which you know you might think normally would make me groan because i you know i i you know i would probably be accused or tend to be accused of being on the side of t'challa and that whole thing where t'challa is kind of like well if we need to we we should probably execute this guy you know and that would seem to be the most sound choice but i think in some cases like i i could see why blue marvel ends up making the decision he does and why they keep him locked up and don't execute him because you kind of get the vibe that like i mean he's in it doesn't justify some of the things that that character has done like the 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 people that he's taken from you know their lives but like it kind of turns out he's right, though. Like, everybody was accusing him of being crazy, but it turns out he's right. So there's a little, there's, there's, th- that. that's another kind of twist on the whole dynamic where it's like, you know, it, I guess in that sense, it's like not only is Lex Luthor a herald of Galactus, but Lex Luthor turns out to be right about eternity being in chains, you know? And you're like, well, hey, like, that's, you know, that, that that's kind of, you, 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 kind of a point in his, you know, his defense, I guess, where you're like, oh, well, you know, he, he probably did get driven insane by what he saw, you know, like, I, I guess that's something worth talking about, too, is um, what what did you guys think of uh, Galactus's sort of uh, fictional, erroneous explanation of the Marvel sliding timeline as like, a, I mean, is that just kind of like an in-joke, like a meta thing where they're like, hey, the timeline slides, like, that's just how it is, guys. I thought that was really interesting. I, I especially liked all the little nods to like all these crazy wackadoo alternate X Men futures because yeah, there's like yeah. there's so many at this point. And I was like, oh, they like they kind of point that out. I really liked that sequence. I thought it was really nicely illustrated, and you know, just him giving Carol that little peek, you know, through the veil, and she's like, holy crap, and he was like, well, you know, I kind of like edited this down so your puny little brain could understand it like i like that sequence and yeah like i did think that they were kind of like poking a little fun at the whole like slotting time timeline thing so i i really like that yeah like i thought that was pretty cute i I think i've like seen stuff like that that suggested stuff like that before but uh, you know this one seemed a little more in depth and you know underlined with quote unquote science you know basically like comic book science but whatever but yeah that was very interesting did you did you guys have any take on anti-man as far as uh, that him as a character like did you like him did you not like him i don't think i was too invested in him like i think i was more invested in blue marvel and what he was gonna do concerning that character because okay. i like because what you said is exactly right. Like, I kind of did look at Blue Marvel as the Marvel version of Icon. So I was like, okay, this this makes sense in my head. He's kind of Icon, basically. Like, I didn't really see him as Superman. Like, Sentry would be Superman, I guess. Hmm. But but whatever. Like, I guess, I guess all those guys are Superman derivative. But he's obviously Blue Marvel yeah. is closer to Icon than, than he would be to Superman. Yeah, yeah. But the thing I appreciated about the character is from issue one, he would always voice his concerns. He'd be like, well, I'm interested in joining your team, but I have some concerns about blah, 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 blah. And Carol's like, oh, don't worry about that. 
And then, you know, his thing of, like, standing up to T'Challa, he's like, well, you can't just execute this guy. Like, there's not even been a trial. Like, you think the U.S. is going to let you do that? Like, you're crazy. And then, you know, he stands up to Carol during the whole, like, you know, like, you can't just arrest this lady and throw her yeah. away. Like, I, I always appreciate the fact that, like, he didn't care if it was T'Challa, who was, a, you know, a king, or Carol Danvers or whoever. Like, he would stand up and voice his concerns. So I, I, kind of, I was more interested in what he was going to do. The, the, you saying that, it, that, I wish the Beast was written the way Blue Marvel was written, because then I wouldn't think he was such a hypocrite <laughs> like i don't i don't think blue marvel's a hypocrite like i i i i might not agree with everything blue marvel says or i may not agree with everything t'challa says in the stories but i at least kind of like know that they that you know that i don't know they 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 seem to be men of their word you know they they you know they seem to be genuine as far as that goes like I, I i think they have a strong sense of integrity so it's like i don't i don't know i i as i don't know i i i just feel like the the, the all these different things they've had beast done and then he's gonna come down and like fucking judge shit like that to me seems hypocritical but it's like i've never you know to me like what i know of blue marvel is what there is and i guess maybe that's unfair because you know beast has what his you know 50 60 odd years of publishing history whereas you know like we're saying blue marvel's been around since what like 2007 or something so he's had like what 10 years at best and it's not it's not a whole bunch of stories so i guess that's probably a little more easier to manage and everything but you know i don't know i, I was trying to wrap my head around like and and you know maybe i'm just not knowledgeable enough about what al ewing's referencing but like you know how they said this was the eighth multiversal kind of start? Like, you know, they kind of alluded to the multiverse lives and it dies and it lives and it dies. And they're, you know, basically after the incursions and Hickman's secret wars, like supposedly the 616 Marvel Universe that we'd been reading was the seventh incarnation of the multiverse. And this, they were moving on to the eighth, like... Did you guys think about, like, well, what the hell are the first six, or what is that in reference to? I did wonder about that, because it kind of kind of establishes that, oh, you know, okay, Galen, a.k.a. Galactus, would be from the sixth universe. Hmm. 616 would be the seventh, and then, I guess, post-Secret Wars would be the eighth. Yeah. But, yeah, I was, I was kind of wondering, I was like, well, what are the other ones? I'm like, have, am I forgetting some obscure story I've read where they go into this? And then I started thinking about, like, Maybe they're referencing like Marvel publishing history and how it's been out around for almost eighty years or mm, something. I was like, mm. I don't know. Yeah, I wasn't exactly sure. Like, I mean, you take all the alternate universes into account and all that, and yeah, I wasn't sure what eight referred to. Well, I mean, I mean, you can't think of it as alternate universes because the alternate universes are that seventh cube. Do you know what I mean? Like that accounts for all of them. So what what they were saying is effectively oh, yeah. the multiverse ended, right? Like so so it doesn't matter about six one six and you know I don't know wh whatever else there is eleven sixty six six or you know any of these numbers, right? Like basically all those ended and then there was a new one started after post Secret Wars, you know. And so I'm like, okay, I gather that, but then and and then what Justin said makes sense to me because if 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 Galactus was from you know, as Galen was from a previous 
incarnation of the multiverse i'm like okay well that then that makes sense he would have been you know the sixth cube but then you're like sitting there kind of going well i don't know what the fuck one through five would be you know like i'm not really sure you know and and then and then you know like you said it could be a meta reference to where it's like oh 80 years of publishing or you know you, you know that that thing that um that renaud posted i mean i'm sure it's more than eight covers but that thing where if you if you look at it from i'm trying to think if you look at it like a like a worm or a snail or something like all those covers go in a certain sort of order where you see like the 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 timely you know 1930s characters and then you see like all the the monsters from the 50s and then you see like the classic like silver age marvel characters from the 60s and then there's like the clearly 70s and 80s and then 90s and then it gets into like you know the the you know 2000s and and 2010s or whatever like you know i I, that's probably like nine covers but you know part of me was thinking like i wonder if like you're saying 80 years of publishing like you wonder if it's like a a better reference to something like that too i was trying to remember did did carol danvers also lose her memory like tony stark did to like sort of ease the butt fart or was that way before civil war ii she lost it in her own title, like right before Infinity, mm. which makes absolutely no sense to me. And I think I kind of like ranted about this on an old episode, but like there's something going on with her powers. And it's like the more she uses them, they're like, oh, if you like keep doing this, it's going to hurt you. It's like it's impacting your body. And she pushes herself and she loses like most of her memories up to a certain point. And then they immediately throw her into Infinity. And you wouldn't even know it because she's interacting with, like, you know, Hawkeye and Spider-Woman and all this stuff. And you're just like, well, if you had no memory, like, you'd be freaking out. You'd be like, where am I? Like, why are people shooting at us? Like, who are these people? Mm. But they don't really do anything with that. And so that's – I mean, I kind of appreciated that, you know, Al Ewing remembered that and put it in there where she's like, oh, gee, I don't really remember the anti-guy, you know, even though she was there when that happened. At the same time, I'm kind of like, you should just sweep that under the, under the rug because that was stupid to begin with. I can't remember, but is Blue Marvel in any book nowadays? I don't think so. Like, I know where pretty much everyone else ended up, but... Like, that Ultimates... How long did that Ultimates 2 last? Uh, like, ten, the sequel to ten, this series? Ten issues? Ten? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that sounds about right. You had, like, nine issues, and then the tenth issue was, like, 100, because it was, like, you know, 100, like, counting every ultimate. Ah, uh, they were trying to do, use all the numbering from yeah. every title that was named Ultimates and everything. Yep. Mm-hmm. Let's see. According to Comic DB, uh, after Ultimates 2 100... He appeared in, I'm guessing this is Miss America's solo title, America issue number eight, Captain America Steve Rogers issue number three, and X-Men Gold issue number 17. So, he, he it looks like he appeared in two comics in 2017 after the Ultimates wrapped up, and one comic this year. Yeah, that's what I figured. He must be, like, trickling around, like... Until someone, uh, you know, makes another team and decides to have him on it, yeah, basically. Yeah. No, but like I said, like I, 
there was no re- real hook for me to read this book, but I did enjoy like, you know, life bringer Galactus. Like I enjoyed like for the most part what Thanos did in it. And like the, uh, the rest of it, like I, the first six issues were a lot more interesting until it got, you know, until the fart happened basically. Yeah. That, that's too bad. Cause I, I kind of would have liked to see them do a few more, proactive things i like i don't know what those would be whether it's like you know making sure you know phoenix eggs hatch on a nice fun broccoli planet that nobody cares about and they can just eat broccoli people to their heart's content in some alternate dimension or you know i don't know turn the phoenix force into uh you know something that sweeps up farts like civil war two or you know whatever whatever (laughs) proactive thing they did but like i i I would have been interested in seeing them do a couple more you know hat tricks you know before they they went out but yeah yeah it it seemed like they were leading to doing something with gladiator in the shiar then that all got shoved aside for civil war Mm two but but yeah like i i really enjoyed this book and you know like i said i think civil war two kind of stunk it up but to Al Ewing's credit, I think he did the best he could with the hand that he was dealt. And I mean, I like the first six issues way more, but I think the you know the later half, like it, there's still some good stuff in it. But but yeah, I think it's a pretty solid book overall. Like maybe Al Ewing is like the uh, parable that Galactus gets told, where you know the guy's trying to roll <laughs> the the rock up the hill, yeah. but it always comes down. It's like. <laughs> Bendis is the damn hill or the stinky <laughs> fart or whatever, you know? And he's like, I'm trying to do something cool here. I'm rolling this thing up the hill. But, you know, eventually it has to get rolled back down. And then, you know, Dugan or, you know, whatever is writing the Infinity Mabob or whatever that series was called. And then reverses all that stuff, which I find unfortunate. But, yeah, I, I you know, I'll agree with you guys. I, you know, overall, I enjoyed the series and I thought that... uh you know, Lightbringer Galactus was really cool. I kind of like the configuration of the team, you know, so I'm kind of sad that that's not still a thing, but I do think cinematically that might be kind of something fun to work towards and, you know, to see if that's something that they they end up doing. I, mean, I don't know, maybe they'll end up being called the Avengers or something else, but, you know, like, who knows? The only other thing I wanted to say was I still don't really accept that new giant man. Oh, okay. Like, every every okay. time I see him, I'm like, you're just wearing Hank Pym's costume. <laughs> and, like, you know, Hank Pym's too busy, you know, being tied up with, uh, I, don't, I don't even know what Hank Pym's doing anymore. Like, wasn't he separated from Ultron, like, in those Infinity things? Or I forgot what happened. Yeah, he was. I don't remember. He, he was in it, and then. I feel like I don't think he was separated. Yeah, was he? I don't think he was. Like he, he he showed up, and I remember he, it was like him and I think Warlock fought or something. I don't know. It's hard for me to remember now. And then yeah, and then they he, were fighting he, for one of the gems. gems, right? He had a gem or yep. something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. In whatever case, yeah, that new giant man. Like I think he was created by like Nick Spencer. So I probably like yeah, in, he like, was. In that like Ant Man series that I didn't like, so uh-huh. like I probably just kind of dismissed him. So probably probably was another butt fart that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I I kind of like that Spencer Ant Man book. I know you weren't crazy about it, but uh, I kind of liked it. So so are you trying to say like there are some butt farts that you like, Justin? 
<laughs> some some butt farts smell like roses. Is that is that what it is? Mm. Yeah. Look, I, I I like I'm liking Spencer's run on Spider Man so far, which is a step up. But I, I can't yeah, I can't I'm say not, the same. For... See, I'm not so crazy about it. So I mean, to you know, to each their own butt parts, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I, that's a that's a good that's a good way to end this. So if you guys have any comments, questions, and or concerns, if you want to school us about captain marvel or let us know anything about the comments in this episode you can email us at fanholespodcast at gmail.com of course you can listen to the backlog of episodes of comics motherfucker do you read them on the fanholespodcast.blogspot.com and we are on all kinds of social media we're on tumblr twitter instagram facebook we appreciate all the likes feedback retweets heart shares that we receive and if you liked comics motherfucker do you read them we've got all kinds of other shows we've got the fan holes podcast proper we've got big in japan where we talk about anime we've got justice not entirely dissimilar to lightning which is a thunderbolts podcast we've got mobile suit mondays toku thursdays transformers tuesdays sentai saturdays so any of those shows feel free to check them out and until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC, signing off. Hey, it's Mike, and hit uh, the fart in the face with a chair. And this is Justin, signing off. Like a small bloat, a gas potion, sending airwaves into motion, like I want simple beans. Can get the gut flowing. I might only have one match, but I can make an explosion. And all those things I ate today, turning food into methane. I will let them rip tonight. Can you hear my bowels this time? This is my fart song. Raven and Sandstrom. I'll fight all night long.
ocean like I was syncoping can get the god flowing I might only have one match but I can make an explosion this is my fight song hey. rape with names and strong hey. I thought I'm All right. Um, let's talk about the ultimate comics. Yeah. Even though Mike's Mike's the wrong one. <laughs> what? It, it, it can't you be. Got, you you got the RC Cola one. <laughs> <laughs> Holy moly! <laughs> Holy cheese! I clapped when he said the thing that I know. <laughs> <laughs> I clapped. I clapped. Oh. Know what I know what I didn't clap about was when I got to issue seven and realized it was going to be a civil war oh, two time. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I I I knew it was coming, but I'll I'll talk more about yeah, that later. Yeah, yeah. I'm so, like, what did I step in when I was reading this? 